Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Hey guys, welcome to Ruler 2. But if you're here on Collider Podcast's YouTube channel, we have moved. That's right. We are officially now on the main channel, Collider Videos. That is youtube.com forward slash Collider Videos. An all new Rule of Two, episode 21, is up there now. And from now on, Rule of Two is on the main channel, youtube.com forward slash Collider Videos. Check us out there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys? Let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Well, I'm ready to rise here, uh, Mark Fernandez. want to ask a question before we start Rule of Two, episode 21. There's a thing going around on Twitter now. Okay. They're saying it's going to be a very busy year for Star Wars, 2019, and there's images. Episode 9, mm. The Mandalorian, The Clone Wars, Galaxy's Edge over at Disney, um, the Jedi Fallen Jedi video game. It's all coming out really? this year. And I the, did I mention is. the Clone Wars? Yeah. This. Oh, right. Clone Wars. Uh, out of all of that, what's your number one? And be honest. What yeah. are you most looking forward to? I know we're you know not last Jedi. So, Force so first of all, it's a very first of all, Happy New Year. Ha- oh yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, and, you and know, everybody the, listening at yeah. home. Yeah, Happy New Year to all. Let's make 2019 one that's uh, like Cody Hall just said, ready to rise. Ready to rise. Um, that's a very easy question for me. Okay. There isn't even a competition. Really? There isn't any, it's not even one close. for me. It's not even close. Okay. I mean, it's episode nine. Okay. Good. Why? Um, because ultimately that is the uh, bow of the ship. Yeah. Right. Perfect. You know, I couldn't uh, put it better. Yeah. That, that's what you know, cuts through the waves and through the icebergs and, 
and and takes you from the old world to the new world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's the vessel of discovery. I love it. That sets the pace and the tempo for everything else that comes around it. What comes around it is just the wake. That's very true. You know, God, uh, I, I love this explanation. Yeah, here. I mean, episode nine is the bow, right? Mm-hmm. The the currently the saga series, right, is the bow, and everything around that is the wake. And so, for me, it's not even close. It's episode nine, and. You know what I hope is not only the redemption of uh, some of the characters in the story, Kylo Ren, as we've you know discussed, mm-hmm. but I also hope it's the redemption of Disney. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you on the redemption of Disney part. You know, I'm I'm on the other side. Sure, most cases. sure, right, right. Uh, Sorry to make it sound so dramatic. No, no, no. I love that answer. Um, I mean, yes, Episode Nine is number one. But I have found myself more and more as I'm reading reports from The Mandalorian mm. and with the directors that they have, with Dave Filoni kicking it off, that is a very, very close second now. I am, I am starting to get ridiculously excited for it. Look, I'm very excited for it as well. I mean it's a huge landmark moment mm-hmm. in Star Wars franchise history, which is the first time that we're going to get a high production value, you know, uh, you know, Television show, yeah. a live uh, a live action First television ever. show. Now, you know, like I've said on this show before, am I super excited about um, the setting of it? Yeah, it's not what I would have greenlit as the first ever Star Wars show to come out, and we'll get mm. into some reasons about about that later. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm excited about it. You yeah. know, I I um, I'm I'm hoping, and this is the beautiful thing about television, having worked in television before, is that. Um, when you make a television show, you have a big idea of what you want to do. Right. But television is the um, sort of exemplary medium when it comes to that famous saying that it's not about the destination, it's the journey. Right. So with, with TV shows, outside factors can greatly affect how the show develops. Right. Sure. So my sort of hope – is that um, there is a kind of rebirth and a renaissance in the quote-unquote Big Mac of Star Wars that right. we've discussed on this show. Yep. And that, that, that it's obvious that the fan reaction that really wants that, mm-hmm. you know, that creates a more positive fan environment, permeates over to The Mandalorian and that we start getting some you know, uh, gangster versus force user type scenarios in The Mandalorian um, and have a new hero emerge from The Mandalorian that is a force wielder. Yeah. We we had a great episode where we talked about that if you guys want to go check it out. Um, Yeah. Everything you said, I I agree with. I'm very excited. I'm excited for the time frame because I'm interested to know what the fall of the Empire looks like, the ashes where we get the First Order that rises from that that we saw in Force Awakens crawl. Where does that start? And here we are. Plus, IG-88 is going to be in this thing now. That yeah. got me excited when there was Favreau. a great there was a great uh, Star Wars Galaxies raid during the it's one of the few shiny moments of the NGE where it was all about going to kill IG eighty eight. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, the, the idea that we're getting him now as well as whoever else might show up in this, but we know that IG eighty eight is showing up. I just wanted to ask. There's a lot of excitement out there. It's 2019. It's a new year. It's Star Wars. It's a year for Star Wars celebration coming. Yeah, as happy well. to be back. Oh, and we're on the new channel now. And we're on the new channel. We totally forgot about that. Welcome. Well, why don't we get into all of that as we get into episode 21. This is Rule of Two. Rise. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
That's right. Welcome one and all. It's episode 21 of Rule of Two. This is a celebration of the Star Wars universe on the official Jedi Council Podcast One feed. And we are on now. Yeah. The main channel, the the big boy, the the main the, the draw collider video. Happy to be here. Mark Fernandez. Mark Sidious. How yeah. are you? Happy New Year. I'm good. I'm good, man. Happy New Year. I had a lot of fun uh over the over the holidays, uh, interacting with our listeners. Yep, you know, saw we had, a lot of that. Uh, some great discussions. Um, you know, this Vader fan film came out, which we'll be talking about a little bit. That's that's the meat of this one. Yeah, Hell, I, yeah. You know, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yep, it was really fun. Uh, enjoyed getting the the messages about this Vader fan film, among the other many messages. Thank you always, guys, for for hitting us up at Riley around on Twitter, Mark Fernandez on Twitter. We listen, we hear it, and we're excited to be back talking Star Wars. And let's get into this. I really want to talk about this Vader fan film because yeah. I was inundated. Where you, you were as well. I was tagged a bunch of times with you. Yeah. This thing came out and it went viral, and it's from uh, Star Wars Theory. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, I got to say, Star Wars Theory, well done. Yeah, I mean, it's look, I really, I'd good. like to maybe even just start off talking about that. Yeah. You know, because being a content creator myself mm-hmm. and being somebody who uh, funds the creation of content, mm-hmm. right, and puts uh, puts my money where my mouth is, so to speak, yep. um, I have always had dreams and ambitions of telling my own Star Wars stories. You yeah. Know? So for Star Wars Theory, that's typically only a channel very similar to ours uh, in some respect, that it's a YouTube channel that covers mm-hmm. Star Wars and mm-hmm. fandom and theories and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was very bold of 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 what they you know what they did was seem very bold to me yeah and immediately when I was um, started to watch like the first like minute of it you know that they put their heart and soul into it yeah and that the production values were through the roof you know yeah. so I I was very impressed in a situation where you have zero possibility to make any money. Yep. Right. None. Zero. Yeah, right. You absolutely have, zero. You have zero. Um, so, yeah, it, there is no other thing. It's, you have zero opportunity to make money. Yeah. And yeah. you still do it means that you have the ultimate skin in the game. Yeah, I, that's a great point. You do, and they do. They have the ultimate skin in the game, and they went and they made this. And I'm going to curse. They made the shit out of this. I I, I was blown away. But the thing that really blew me away was the storytelling Mm. inherent in this thing. Yeah. It it used a like a force vision kind of thing to show like what like a great inciting incident yeah. that opens the it short where you think starts with a dream yeah it starts with a dream but you don't know that at first yeah you get some really great like Clone Wars troopers taking on Vader you got some some of the action that a lot of people in Rogue One were like well my favorite part is Vader doing Vader stuff well you get it here you get it here and it's funny that you know it's funny that you mentioned that but I definitely noticed that the um, and, I, and, and you know, I always get this word wrong. The the choreograph, the cho- oh, choreography. Yeah, yeah. It's my it's my Cuban like Spanish background. <laughs> sure. But yeah. The choreography. I still the choreography. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> the choreography. The choreography. Yeah. Um, of Vader's um, lightsaber fight with these uh, clone troopers is mimics the style of Rogue One. Yes, you it know? sure does. And um, which I liked, mm-hmm. you know, like so. Um, it seemed to me that this. A person who made this uh, a fan film, which I don't know, you know, their name or anything, mm-hmm. was really trying to bridge 
everything that was beautiful about Star Wars with our favorite character in about you know in about seven minutes, like giving a lot of meat to the bone and the story of him and Padme and the reason why he went to the dark side. And I mean, look, it's a it's a film made only for the love of the story. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 filmmaking in its purest form. And for George Lucas, it's uh, flattery in its greatest form. Uh, yeah. And l- let's give a shout out to director and one of the writers, uh, Danny Ramirez. OK. Um, well done. We just wanted to start there. Um, I echo a we lot. Should of, lo- I'd love to get him on the show. We should. Maybe yeah. maybe they'll maybe this will uh, make it to them. Maybe yeah. the fans will will touch on this on Twitter. We're opening up and we're extending the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great job. Uh, it was a great job, and I wanted to start with the story. Yeah, because you you mentioned it the the idea of uh, Padme being involved and kind of peeling back the man behind the mask invader, and I the one thing that I kept thinking about. And that I was looking towards Disney when they put all their Star Wars stories on hold is that I looked at this and went, you can mine so much story and add complexities to these characters that we've known for 30, 40 years now. So I kept thinking about the Obi-Wan movie when I was watching this. And I was like, you can really do something there. You can really do like much like peeling back this these layers here and going into the heart of Vader. And that he is torn apart over Padme. And then there's this idea that I think a lot of fans maybe thought about. Does he ever want to take out the Emperor because of what happened in Revenge of the Sith? Mm. Which you said it off air too. This is a, a really interesting continuation of Revenge of the Sith. Mm. That it, it kind of fills in some holes. And so I'm watching that with that in mind. But I kept thinking of the Obi-Wan movie going, there is so much you can do with the Obi-Wan character. Look at the way it's staged. Look at the way – the use of the force back to start it as an inciting incident to get that reveal that it's the emperor and then to, to make it a part of his force vision and pulling out and he's in the back to tank and doing yeah. the thing. And his emotional state. One. His emotional state. His, his emotional state. His psychological so state. I mean it really – this fan film – I'm not even calling it a fan film. This film uh, really added some layers to Vader that I just adored. Yeah. First of all, well put. Um, and that, I think, is the magic of what Star Wars Theory did and the lesson for Disney, mm-hmm. which is that Star Wars Theory created characters based on the consequences of the canon, of, of what had happened in Revenge of the Sith. Right. They weren't trying to create more questions necessarily. They were trying to answer or or continue uh, um, things that were already set up. My one of my biggest critiques with the with the Disney era has always been trying to invent new. Oh, excuse me, guys. Sorry. Darth Vader's calling. Yeah, Darth Vader's calling. But trying to create new um, questions without giving us the satisfaction of closing the loop. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I think that one of the main reasons why this Vader fan film is so satisfying is that it gives us more resolution to what the sort of ending was of the prequels, yeah, right? Yeah. And it also gives you some insight into his decision making in the original trilogy and eventually in um Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. That's yeah, I was so, going there. So what it does is that it it actually it does a a it has a storytelling obligation. Mm-hmm. to the future and the past 
And they do it very responsibly by still by trying to make up all their own things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but it keeps, I think, George Lucas's most important um, pivot point, mm-hmm. which is Padme. Yeah. You know, that Vader's, that the Padme thing is actually a very, very, very important part of this character. It's, yeah. And it's one we never, obviously, we never got it in the original trilogy because maybe at that point, he never thought he was going to go back and do the prequels, but obviously he did. And then we got the Padme thing. And I know they've touched on it in some of the comics and the canon, but I always think about this this painting I saw or this image I saw on the internet, which was Vader standing in Padme's tomb yeah. and with his hand resting on her final resting place. Yeah, it's from a comic. Uh, called was it a Vader, comic? I think it's called Vader Down. Uh, Is it Vader Down? Yeah. Was that from the actual comic? Yeah, I yeah. thought it was a, a, I think like it's a from kind Vader of fan Down. thing. It's a comic. Well, and, that makes um, sense. And uh, John Schnepp gave me that comic book for Christmas like oh, two years ago. Man. Yeah. Oh, God bless you, Schnepp. You're you, always buddy. with us, buddy. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, this is, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you always want the kind of canon little stuff here. Like, the, let's say this. Um, you always want this kind of story in the movies. You, you want some of the stuff we touch on. Like, I would love to see, based on this film, I would love to see a Vader standalone. I think you could do it. Oh, of course. I mean, look, the Vader standalone is the most obvious, um, you know, route to take, sure. I think. Now, to go back to my analogy of the bow and the wake, mm. I think to what you're saying, which is to me very interesting, is that right now they truly are embracing the concept of being the wake, mm. of not necessarily being the bow. Right. With some of – like the way that this fan film was sort of presenting itself – um, or uh, I'm sorry, more more in line with what you were saying about how to create new Star Wars stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be taking more of a bow type of uh, you know position than just being okay with being sort of filler that happens like Rosencrantz and Gilderstern like off to the side. God, that's such a great point. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what that that makes me think because this, if you look at this film. Um, and I love the title too, Shards of the Past. I think it's a great yeah. great title. But this this works as the ship. Mm. This seems to be the ship and everything coming off of it is the wake. Right. That you could spin this off and you know, I'm just speculating, having fun here. You can spin this off and go, What are those clone troopers doing when they see Vader's attacking the right. master? What is the Emperor thinking? All these different things. But this all feels part of canon. Yeah, it feels like canon. And, and, and some folks on Twitter were like um, you know, this is now officially canon for me. Or, or, or you know what? Like, I had um, – I put some kind of – you know what? I think it was our viewing order, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, video. And somebody tweeted at me a viewing order that actually had uh, the Vader fan film. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I missed that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Which uh, is cool. You know, but like one of the things that like really started to like make me uh, think is there's been this overwhelming uh, sentiment. Mm-hmm. That this is better than anything that the Disney uh, Star Wars folks have done. Right. There, there that, comes the other side of things when right. you get something that, this powerful. Right. Like, like, like look, look at this young man and this group of folks that with no money, I believe I've read somewhere that it was like seven or $8,000, something like that. Wow. Really? I mean, I could be totally yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. No. But I, I read something like that. Yeah. You know? And, and the, I, I think that there's a. Because um, I was a, thinking hundreds of thousands. No, I think there's a Kickstarter for it that actually says exactly how much okay. you know, they've spent well, on maybe it. Maybe I can find it right now. But 
I mean, that's craft services for the second unit. Um, yeah, in, on, on episode nine. <laughs> on episode nine for the breakfast. Right. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Right. So there's this sentiment out there that says for the price of a second unit Star Wars film shoot breakfast. And when I say second unit, I'm talking about filming the, you know, four clone troopers like walking into a hall. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like filming uh, the island off too, just with getting some birds <laughs> flying by. Yeah. Just like, like not get even, it? Yeah. yeah. There's no main actors on it. No, There's probably oh, no God. action. No, I mean, nope. this is second unit breakfast budget. If right. I'm wrong, I mean, if I'm right, I I, I can't find it. Um, even if it's twenty thousand dollars, it's still breakfast budget. Yeah. Okay. It's um, who knows? I mean, you know, we we're reaching out. Wait, fan. Kickstarter revealed. Okay, let me, maybe this is. But if you know, we want to reach out to Danny, the director. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. so, so in any case, there is a large look, and and there's always the concept of the vocal minority, right? So that 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 might be playing into it as well. But there's a sentiment that says that this is better than anything the Disney Star Wars people have done. Okay, what say you to that? I say, come on. You know, you know my thoughts on Last Jedi. You know yeah. my thoughts on Force Awakens. Um, I enjoy the Rogue hell out one. of those movies. Rogue One, I love. I love what Disney is doing with my Star Wars right now. I just do. Um, but it, to 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 say that this is better, you know, is subjective. And somebody can say this is better than anything that uh, you know, Ruin Johnson has done or. J.J. Abrams, and it's like, if you feel that way, great. If you actually feel that way, then I am not going to disagree Sorry, with you. Sorry, dude. I don't know what the hell. Are you being beamed up right now, or what's How going on? This is a Star Wars show. I need a hologram. <laughs> so, you know, what it is, is that it's that this is like the one gift I got for Christmas was his iPhone. Box. I was just going to say, this and, is and your like, Christmas and present. Like, I don't know how to turn off the volume. Oh, that's hysterical. How the fuck do you turn off the volume? I'm going anyway. I'm, I'm to bring in my Alexa, right. and then we can just sit here right, and, and play take, with our toys. I'm gonna. T- <laughs> Is that what you got with an Alexa? I got an Alexa. Right, sorry about that, guys. Great. Sorry about that. So I took the watch off. Your point again. I'm uh, sorry. Look, it's it's all subjective. Yeah. If somebody says that, because I've heard people say I enjoy the Clone Wars more than I enjoy the prequels. I enjoyed sure. Rogue One more than uh, anything prequels or Force Awakens. I enjoyed the Last Jedi. That's my favorite. Everybody, guess what? Everybody's opinion is right. If you like this more than Disney's Star Wars, that is your prerogative. Me, I don't. I right. can see, you know, the effects are not there, and I know that's a lot of people are saying that. They're like, I had some people push back on Twitter when I said this is awesome. They're like, the effects suck. It's like, well, no shit, buddy. They're working I mean, with like not I a thought, lot of money. I actually thought to counter they that were, point, were, but they were really good for what we're dealing. It was with. breakfast. Yes. Okay, but anyway, what 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 I really enjoyed special effects wise, I thought was actually excellent was that one upping of the coolest, probably the coolest, most memorable shot, arguably, I know there's probably a few other ones, Mm -hmm. from the Disney era is Kylo Ren stopping uh, the laser bolt in midair. Right. Right in the Force Awakens opening. It was a a great uh, expositional moment of who Kylo Ren was as a dark dark Jedi, right? Right. I mean, it it was great. And in this one, you get the same thing. But you get Vader stopping like Neo style, right? An entire barrage of the lasers. And you know what I thought? It's like you're like, yeah, 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 Kylo Ren. We saw you do with one, but let Grandpa handle this. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like 
you hold see, my beer. Yeah, hold my beer. You <laughs> see where Kylo Ren maybe learned. You know, he says to Vic, you know, finish your teach me what you know. And yeah. Let's finish what you started. It was a nice tie there, I yeah. thought. But and, the, the effects and, work is fantastic. In yeah, this. the special effects were fantastic. And he shoots the lasers back at mm-hmm. all the troopers. You know, yeah. I mean, it was there was some excellent uh, uh, moments in there where they're really putting their heart and soul on the screen. And it's a fan film, yeah. okay? But what what I want to try to look into is, is there a lesson here mm. for Disney, right? And I think that there absolutely is. I agree. I think there absolutely is a lesson which here. Which is like, I, I get that you're trying to do your own thing, okay? Mm-hmm. That's been a big theme of these Disney-era films, right? right? I'm trying to do my own thing. This uh, effort of the Vader uh, shards from the past is trying to do its own thing, mm-hmm. but it's building on the legacy and the consequences of the story that's already been unfolded before us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's maintaining great amounts of consistency with that story. Mm-hmm. The biggest complaint about The Last Jedi is that Luke Skywalker is not a consistent character to his Return of the Jedi character. And I think that there's a million supporting attributes for that. There might be some counter ones, but there's an argument to be made there is undoubtedly, okay? There is very little argument to be made um, in this one, maybe with the exception to be a little bit self-critical, maybe with the exception of... um, Vader. No, you know, it's very consistent. It's very consistent with the Vader that we've seen before. I think it's absolutely consistent, and it's and what's nice is that we know obviously what happens to Vader. We know that he returns from the light or from the darkness and becomes Anakin Skywalker yeah. in time to save. And his he son. carries this conflict and this resentment against the Emperor through the original trilogy. I mean, this little eight minute stopgap, yeah, gave you motivation, resentment, true emotional depth of why Vader throws the Emperor down. The the thing, yeah, it it just it just works. It feels like it works. It works on the level of you can assume Vader because of Revenge of the Sith. One of his first words after Yes Master is "Where's Padme?" So yeah. you know that that's weighing on him, even as Darth Vader. You killed her. Yeah, exactly. I'm then afraid in your anger, and then the Emperor yeah. lies. He lies to his new Sith apprentice. And then you have the idea of rule of two. Yeah, I mean, the and F- the Sith apprentice is always looking to you, yeah. the master. And and uh, the Emperor. I mean, <sighs> basically, the prequels are really like if you look at it from a certain point of view, mm-hmm. the prequels are really about the Emperor, or you know, two two uh, Nubians, right? Mm-hmm. Two Nubians, um, Palpatine, mm-hmm. Sheev Palpatine. And Padme Amidala, mm-hmm. right? And one of them trying to murder the other, right? It's really about yeah. Chief Palpatine's murder of Padme Amidala. That's his really long what game. Yeah, that's really what the game. prequels yeah. are about. It's how Palpatine murders Amidala, mm-hmm. right? And it carries out wonderfully in this in, in this in, intrinsic, weird, subversive plot. Mm-hmm. That ultimately he's able to murder her and pin it on somebody else mm-hmm. and use that guilt of the murder of Padme to have him serve him. Mm-hmm. Turn uh, him to the dark side. Yeah. And, and, and keep him in that. servitude. Yeah. And keep him in servitude for a long time. So, all, you know, anyway, this stuff adds flavor to that. Yes. Right? But now my question is, um, like, what do you – if you're a Disney executive mm-hmm. and – 
you look at another Disney executive who's maybe like one step above you, and, mm-hmm. the, and the guy who's above you asks you, hey, people are saying that like for the price of breakfast – and it's not just a few people. I'm, we're seeing numbers here through our social media analytics. It's millions of people. Yeah, this thing has over 5 million views right now. Yeah. Millions of people are commenting that this is better than anything Disney has done. Mm. What say you to that executive? Like, is there some truth here? Are these people all delusional? Like, how – like, like you know you, – You should listen. You should listen. I'll tell you why. It's the, it's the story that they're responding to. They really are responding to the story because when some you know jack off on Twitter goes, oh, "The effects suck," it's like look, look a little deeper, you know. Yeah. Like, sure, they didn't have the J.J. Abrams budget at their disposal. Breakfast. Yeah, they didn't have the breakfast budget on the second <laughs> unit that as they're filming a droid sit there right. and a porg perches on its head. They yeah. don't have that budget, so look past that. Look at the love and the care to the character. They know their Star Wars. They love their Star Wars. I would tell this executive, there's like, there's a reason why that this is affecting the fans in a way that is very powerful, five million plus power, and that is that there is character and storytelling at work here that gives them not only like you were referencing towards the beginning of this something new, creating their own bow, creating wake, mm. but they understand. The characters and what came before it. So they're lovingly referencing these things and then building on that mythology. Mm -hmm. And they're adding storytelling elements that we haven't seen, maybe some explored in the canon materials. But Padme is at the center of this. And that is the heart of Anakin Skywalker. And that's why people – and I'm assuming you love part of – the reason you love Revenge of the Sith Mm. is the story intrinsically is – his fall, of course, to Darth Vader, but it's because he loves her. Right. It's because he doesn't want he, – he's – it's like kind of like an analog or a metaphor to jealousy. You know, like jealousy is like really That's the fear. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, the fear of losing somebody. Yeah. You know? And it's the same thing here. And Jedi, you know, not supposed to be attached, but you tell me somebody out there that's either married – girlfriend, boyfriend, what have you, that's in love with that person and wants to either spend the rest of their life with somebody or can't get enough of them, or what have you. If you were to be told they're going to die, yeah. wouldn't you want to do everything in your power to save that person? I mean, there's millions of stories. I mean, I got a time travel device. <laughs> I'm going to go back in time and save her. Right, right, Or right. whatever. You're going to do whatever it takes. You can identify with that human emotion that you will do anything in your power. Would I turn to the dark side to save my fiance? Probably. Yeah. You know, why not? Yeah. We can, you know, go to Mustavar, you know, see the sights, <laughs> right. get a red lightsaber. You know, there's a lot of right, options right, here right, in the dark right. side. You know, you never know. But I think that that is the human emotion that they're getting here. And maybe that is something I, – I, I don't know how the higher-ups at Disney are working. I don't know if they're watching this or if after The Last Jedi they're like, hey, why are these fans really upset? What Like, what are we doing? Let's talk. But if you look at this, just the care of this – for the story and the characters that came before it, I think you can learn something. I, I mean, yes, I, I think you could definitely learn something. I think that for me, <clears throat> it inspires something, mm. you know. And um, and I'm going to look into this, mm. okay. And I'm going to drop, uh, as I often do, mm. uh, on rule of two, drop a few bombs. Right, you know? I'm taking the glasses off. I have to do that that big like reveal when like Godzilla arrives yeah. at the city. It's like. So um, <laughs> I wonder if you're allowed to do 
Star Wars uh, VR fan games. Why not? Right? No profit. Yeah. That's the only thing. Because, like, I want to set up some uh, some saber dueling shit that's going to, like, I, I, just rock and roll. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I'll help you. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Just text me. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, if, if somebody can go out there and look, I mean, I should probably have, like, professional lawyers look into it. But um, Vader, uh, would, would you play a Star Wars VR fan game? You know, there's some out there already, but none of them brand themselves Star Wars or none of them use characters. Oh, right, right. Where, where in this With, stuff, they're, they using, they're using movie clips. I, I, mean, I mean, not movie clips, um, um, sound clips. Oh, yeah, the music cues from M- John Williams. Music cues, they're mm-hmm. using characters, likeness, they're using all kinds of stuff, yeah. you know, so, yeah. and they're allowed to do it. And to me, it's fascinating, you know, just to go back to that point for a second, it's like, that's how powerful a franchise you know this is. And granted, there's many fan fiction stuff for many, many, many different franchises. Mm-hmm. But it was a legacy of George Lucas and Lucasfilm to allow the fans to create these fan films. You yeah, know? I created one back in the day. Right, right. You, yeah. created, a, you created a fan stage. Yeah, we did. The, well, we did the fan. Yeah, we did the the stage play, Star Wars trilogy in thirty minutes. We then did Star Wars in sixty, and Lucasfilm signed off on it. Um, but we did an animated pitch right after uh, Attack of the Clones, where we animated it, and all famous directors came in and pitched Revenge of the Sith or pitched Episode Three, what they wanted to see, and that went into some festivals, and we had some fun. But we That's didn't awesome. make we didn't make shit. We made no money. That was all out of pocket. Right. So right. and and Lucas. You know, uh, set this up, right? The, you know, I think there was like the annual fan uh, fiction, uh, like awards and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. There you were, know? Yeah, uh, we were. That's one of my last celebration memories of performing the Star Wars trilogy in thirty minutes. Was they were doing the fan awards? Yeah, and it was for these shorts. And it was back in the day where I, I think there was. I mean, it was later, but like Troops was a big thing. It was yeah. the, the cops kind of spoof yeah, with, with yeah, the stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah um, you know, and the, you know, there was that one of like. Um, uh, Darth Vader dancing or something like that that was popular. Yeah. Anyway, there's been a, you know, like the Darth Maul one is great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's some great fan, I mean, there's like a fan fiction feature length movie. Yeah, I'm sure there you is. You know, I mean, like, so anyway, there's been a huge legacy of this stuff. Thankfully, Disney and the current Lucasfilm regime has kept this, I guess, to some degree. I, I guess they have, yeah. The, yeah. Film, the fan film stuff is still a part of it, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to me, I just keep ringing the like inside this question: like, is is the in, like what's the end game for this fan fiction stuff? Mm-hmm. Back in the old days, just to just to be to have a little bit of fun with it, mm-hmm. it seems like the mission of Star Wars theory is bigger than that, which is like, don't forget the Big Mac. Mm. You know, like I, I, he seems to act like. What I see on the screen and how it expresses itself, and it does a very good job in expressing itself, mm-hmm. echoes to me my sentiments of give me Star Wars like I dream about. Mm. You okay. know? Yeah. Lightsabers, good versus evil, conflict, mm-hmm. the dark side, familiar characters. The call from the light. Vader's being called by Padme in yeah. this thing. Yeah. That's the light side calling and to him. I like how she turns dark, and that's what wakes him up. Yes. Right? Like, you know, you always get woken up by the dream, by the thing that scares you the most. Right. You know, and, and seeing her as with the Sith eyes was really, you know, scary. But, like, 
Yeah, I mean, look, I um, I'm very very impressed. It's it's getting my wheels spinning. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a, another bomb. It's like reach out to me. Like, well, how much money do you need? You mm. know, maybe there's a way I can help you. Oh, love that. I love hearing that. You know, I it's do. like you know, it's like what you know, what what's uh, what's the you know, you can't make any money off of it. No, and what you know, this is obviously an episode. You know, we're going to get more of this. Yeah. You know, this is this is part one. I wonder how many parts there – or this – sorry, I should say episode one. So, so do you know what Star Wars Theory's involvement in it is? I guess funding source or, or is the – is Danny Ramirez also the head of Star Wars Theory? I, I believe so. I mean this is my first introduction to Star Wars Theory. So apologies. I haven't seen you earlier or before. Um, this is uh, – this, this came to me from the fans that loved the work. Yeah, And so this project – this is what they wrote on their YouTube page. This project is single-handedly the most amazing thing I've ever been a part of. Without Denny Ramirez's guidance and help, this never would have taken off the ground, let alone gotten to where it is today. So I wonder if Danny is not a part of Star Wars Theory. This is Star Wars Theory writing something, and I mm. – apologies if I don't know your name. Um, we'll get to that. But uh, I thank you for everything. I hope to one day make episode two a reality. So we don't have episode two, I mm. guess, yet. So this is where maybe I don't know, maybe you come in. I mean, look, I, I I'm Mark Echo, my you know my old business partner taught me something once, and or used to say something once that you know I, I always keep with me, and it's like, look, I'm as open as a can of paint. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so it's <laughs> I like I don't think I've ever heard that saying. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, let's talk. I mean, I don't know how much the first one cost. Right. You know, um, I. I what, why am I thinking seven, eight thousand? I think I've read something like that. Yeah, I, I couldn't find it, and I don't want to waste yeah. and de- yeah. you know dead air looking for it. That's yeah. all stuff that we can come to later. Yeah, and like you know, um, Star Wars theory should reach out to us. I know they, uh, you know, Jedi Council did a great video yesterday, uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, yesterday mm-hmm. on um, on uh, on the well, on this past film. Thursday, or this is this is dropping about a week later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, and Star Wars Theory, um, you know, replied or commented on the video, and I uh, got a nice little conversation going. Oh, they, okay, great. Yeah. So, um, so look, maybe reach out to us and let's have a chat and see what's going on with it. Uh, I'm going to follow them on Twitter. I think I already have, and uh, you can reach out to me as well, and I can make something happen. I can put some, you know, yeah. people together. You know, I, I'm a producer. I can do that, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. So, so getting so, back to it, getting back to more of the story here, because yeah. I think you you were touching on something about the idea of Disney learning something and that this is creating – it seems to be creating its own wake. But some of the, the, the stuff we, we hear from the fans about Disney is, well, it's – I can't really hear anything other than they hate Last Jedi right now. That's me, just, some, yeah, that's just something that, that has been taking over the conversation. But if we were to – like let's just sit down and have a conversation about some of the things we didn't like in Disney – I have those things. There are certain things that I wish were different. Am I enjoying the ride and am I enjoying these movies? Absolutely. I will die on that island. But I'm looking at the Star Wars stories because those seem to be the ones Mm. that got us off track, at least Disney and the executives there. Solo got them off track. Yeah. And that – if you look at what was going on leading into and after The Last Jedi, we had a lot go down. Um and it was maybe there was some foreshadowing happening when Gareth uh, Edwards or – yeah, Gareth – I always go Gareth Evans, Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Um, when he was kind of replaced with Tony Gilroy to do a bunch of reshoots, 
Thankfully, it worked out because Rogue One has been you know, somewhat – most people really enjoyed it. People love it, yeah. It's a um, good movie. I like it too. It's a great movie. Um, but you saw them getting involved. It I is a prequel. It is a prequel. It is a prequel. But I see I, – I could see just based on reports, just based on reporting that something was going on. They didn't have pure faith in Edwards. Mm. So then they were going to go get Tony Gilroy. They brought it in. It worked. Over a billion dollars. Great. But then in that time, we have Colin Trevorrow. He's off of episode nine. Mm. We have uh, obviously Lord Miller fired from Solo. Uh, we have the complete shutdown. Only to triumphantly return as the figureheads of Into the Spider-Verse. I know. But you know what? Those They, they had a large part of that. But, I mean, it's not just Lord and Miller. Sure, sure, the directors sure. of Spider-Verse. Killed it. That is just one of the best movies of the year. Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. Um, but my point is, is that it seemed to – all the problems seemed to be around the Star Wars stories. We had Mangold yeah. reported to do a Boba Fett movie. That's gone. Josh Trank obviously was going to do it before that. That was gone. We had the rumors of an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. The director, Stephen Frears, I believe, was rumored at one point. That's not happening, so we know so far. Uh, we had that most Eisley one that uh, rumored Guillermo del Toro worked on but walked. Yeah. Everything, all the problems seem with these Star Wars stories seem to be around those spinoff movies mm-hmm. because what do they do? And I feel like Disney was really – Wondering how to do it, be more reliant on the nostalgia factor because all the movies we were going to get were based on original trilogy characters or something that happened in the right, original but tertiary trilogy. Tertiary characters or, or tertiary characters. Or, or like Han Solo is not a tertiary character, but just right. But Boba Fett, I couldn't. I never got into a Boba Fett movie. Yeah, that's a tertiary character. Yes, because Boba Fett was cool. Mos Eisley tertiary. Yeah, I don't really need Rogue um, One. Great outcome. Sure. But if that movie didn't have that Vader scene, I don't think people would like it as much as it does. I think you're right. So I absolutely think you're tertiary. right. Tertiary. Yep. And, uh, um, and Solo's and, the only one that I guess uh, was like a primary character. Yeah. But the big not, three. But he's a supporting character to the story. Yeah, absolutely. Han Solo, sure. Harrison Ford, who he was and his, his uh, the way he handled the character. Scene stealer. He was a scene he's stealer. He's a scene stealer, but he did – Han Solo did become – but you know, he yeah. would, if he would have died as Harrison Ford really wanted after Empire, I think you could really look at Han Solo as you – know, he was a supporting character throughout. Yeah. But anyways, th- God, that's I was semantics. about to go down that rabbit hole. Like, I know, right? We could – that's how, – how did, how did he want to die? Do you, do you know? I don't know how he wanted to die. I thought I've always put it in my head, and you guys out there, you know, gotcha us. Correct us if we're wrong. Um, that I thought the carbonite would have killed him. Mm. I thought he would have been. I thought he wanted to die by the end of Empire, um, or maybe beginning of uh, Return of the Jedi. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But the thing is, is that okay? Because actually, now it makes more sense. He wanted to die, but in the story flow, there was never intention to kill him. I don't think so. Because it's critical to the story that Boba Fett brings him back to to Jabba. Yeah. It's critical that, like, like um, they trade, that Londo uh, trades Han's life for capturing uh, Luke Skywalker. Right. So, yeah. So Harrison Ford just wanted out. I think he wanted out, and I think he, he's on record saying that he would have been a sacrifice that it needs, like, the rebellion needs a sacrifice, something right. with weight. You know, that he finally did good. He was a scoundrel. He was a smuggler. 
But he came back. He did the right thing. He saved his friends and then he stayed on Hoth to get Leia out of there and and into safety. So I think he thought that his character arc was complete right? because I think a lot of people have said this. Han Solo's fine in Return of the Jedi. He's pretty one note. He gets Mm -hmm. saved. He's – He's got some swagger. We're going to go get these Ewoks and do our thing. And But yeah. he had a lot of meat in Empire and in New, in New uh, Hope. Yeah, and and the in the opening of, of Return of the Jedi is probably my favorite in all three of the original trilogy. Really? No, like, the opening's great. Yeah, from the point from uh, the beginning, I think, until after the Scarlet Pit mm-hmm. um, was some of my most um, – I think enjoyable of the original trilogy. I love it. You know, and they're all working together. Like the Jedi thing is in full effect, and the, uh, the you know, like that big monster, the Rancor, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I see your point. You're saying for you, the biggest lesson is Star Wars story group. Okay, mm-hmm. sounds the uh, these Luke Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. Um, look at these fan films. Or this but one particular this one this yeah. particular fan film that is attacking v- highly um, almost unresolved uh, points, right? Yeah. Like kind of um, because for me, what I really like about it is that it gives me more meat to my favorite character. Yeah. Right. So, are you saying that your theory is? These Star Wars stories should have been no-brainer about Obi-Wan, no-brainer about Vader. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, especially Obi-Wan because he's, yeah. he's been one of my favorites for all time. You know, And I have a special place in my heart for him because I, I performed the character in the play. So I really did you know, embrace you know, whenever I put on that yeah. stupid hood. Oh, he's was, great. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. So Obi-Wan I think has a very similar element and, and you can look at – Anakin and Obi-Wan now is the light and the dark or you know Darth Vader Obi-Wan yeah. that I think that you can get into much like this Darth Vader film goes into the heart of the character which surrounds Padme flip that over the mirror image of that is Obi-Wan character the heart of that is his failure as a master for Anakin mm. you mine that you have force visions of maybe a moment before Obi-Wan says goodbye to Anakin for the last time in Revenge of the Sith. He, maybe he could have done something different. You have a flashback, a force, a force vision of a moment mm-hmm. when he's choking Padme and somehow he gets through to Vader or gets through to – well, it's Vader at that point. But he gets yeah. through to Anakin and can pull him back. Maybe there's, a, there's, there's torture going on with Obi-Wan that like, oh my god, Qui-Gon was right. These pragmatic Jedi don't get it. I should have listened to my master. And said, no, I am going to go back. You are the chosen one, Anakin. I'm going to help you. I'm not going to destroy you. Mm. Like what is that doing to the psyche of of Obi-Wan? That's what I want to know because everybody's like, well, Obi-Wan's guarding Luke. What's that? It's like, well, yeah, that's secondary. Right. What is the inherent arc of the character in here, the heart of the character? And is it Obi-Wan always now mirroring what Luke did on on Tatooine, looking up to the twin sons and wanting adventure? Is Obi-Wan over on the other side near the Dune Sea looking up at the twin sons going, where's Vader? Where's Anakin? That's my biggest failure and I want to do something about it. That's the movie I want to see. That is the movie I want to see. And I look at this and I go, that's how you do it. 
Yeah. And not and, and not just like, you know, I, I don't know what they were doing with the Obi-Wan movie, but I can only imagine. But I don't need to see I bet you it wasn't that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it was. I don't know. I don't I can't even I think, imagine. Look, I think and like look, I, I am I get highly criticized online, I think, for this at times mm. and I don't want to misstep because I, I, I'm just going to say it. I do love Disney. Yeah. You know, I, I love Warner Brothers too, and I love Lionsgate, and I love all these companies. I love, I love all the studios because they make movies, and I love movies. Sometimes and, they don't do so And that's so what well. I want to do, you know? Yeah, so, yeah same. So, so I have respect for all of them, yeah. right? Sony Pictures, uh, you know, any of the ones that are out there still operating, uh, TSG Entertainment, uh, you know, um, uh, the um, – Syncopy, or you know, all oh, of these yeah. great oh, production God, yeah. companies and these studios, Emma Thompson like, and uh, Chris Nolan's, yeah, yeah. Th- Syncopy. These are the companies that you know, A twenty four, A twenty four. I was going to say, right. yeah. we love these companies. Annapurna, you know. You know? So, so people say, oh, you're a show for this versus that. No, we're a show for all of them. I know. Let's just be real. Okay, and like it's, it's, I'm yeah. talking about a metaphorical show. Like we'll give our opinions. Like I'm giving my opinion right now, and I'm yeah. not afraid to give it because look, this country did afford us this beautiful right, which is called the freedom of free speech, mm-hmm. right? And free to like what you like, and like what you like, and you know, not and, like what you don't like. So, so um, I want um, these. Uh, you know, to be honest, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> I got so I got so caught up in the show thing. You you wanted to say that you do like Disney, and yes. that you do. I if I'm ga- gathering what you're trying to say yeah. is that you do support them, and that you want a good movie. Because if you if you if you go, hey, I like Disney still, and they give you an episode nine that you can get behind, then you'll be happy. But if maybe if it doesn't come out the way you want, you can be like, well. Yeah, yeah I didn't like and, it. And, and like, but you hold. You first of all, I had like succeed. a whole rant planned, and I forgot it. And Damn fair it. enough, it's the new year, right? Yeah, you're not, right. you know, you can't win them all, right? right? But, <laughs> but, but the bottom line for me is, you know, uh, again, just going full circle back to the Vader fan film, is that um, we need to start having people with real skin in the game running our beloved franchise. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that specifically is that if you go back to George Lucas, George Lucas, like I've said on this show before, is only one of two independent filmmakers that I ever truly yep. have seen maintain themselves as independent. Yes. And that is Robert Rodriguez and George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two. It's such a great point with, um, at least with Lucas, because he had skin in the game, as you put it, every single time. Every single time. He would front the money, especially Empire Strikes Back. And well, especially New Hope. Yeah, um, but and, and like, what happens when you have skin in the game? You make what you want to make because yeah. it's your skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Like this young man, Danny Ramirez and company, obviously had skin in the game because there's no chance for ever return on the investment. The only return on investment that's possible for these people is the admiration, the support, and the satisfaction of the fan, of the fan. Yeah. It's a completely altruistic like thing. It's like completely based on uh, selflessness, you yeah. know? Well, and I also think that some of the more positive things that can happen is some of the effects people hear can maybe get some jobs, show this off, say look what yeah. I did with zero money and they go, "Well, that's good." Why don't you come work for our bigger company and yeah. do what you did here? Or the writers, I wrote this. What what is you what know, is the director? I directed this. Maybe he can get up a yeah. This do is my thing. One. I sacrificed for this. Yes. What has Kathleen Kennedy sacrificed 
for this. Kathleen Kennedy, by now, didn't need to sacrifice shit. Right. She's a producer. She's getting a big paycheck, she's, making decisions. With and, very, she, and she's making them money. She's making them money. That's what they care about. They yeah. made money. They made but, lots of money. But I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you. And you know, for the Disney shill shit out there, whatever, I can look and say that Kathleen Kennedy is a fantastic producer. But she, I don't think she gets Star Wars. Yeah. I think that what you're saying, and I agree with this, even though I love The Last Jedi and Force Awakens and think they got Star Wars, both J.J. and Ryan. Yeah. I don't care what you guys think. But Kathleen Kennedy was just going, sure, do that. Sure, do that like a producer would. If right. George Lucas was there as a producer of Star Wars skin in the game, yeah, maybe it would be a right. little different. But I personally believe that the fandom where it is now – even if George Lucas did these movies, even if there was a different – if there was no Kathleen Kennedy, I truly, truly believe that even if we had a completely different The Last Jedi and we got Luke at full whatever doing his thing, pulling a Star Destroyer down with his mind while he's eating a sandwich, I still think there would be a contingent of fans that wouldn't have been happy and been just absolutely, as loud. Absolutely, absolutely. I and don't look, think anybody's going to be pleased, even episode nine. You're like yeah. we're just going to be back where we were. I think the fans sometimes are a little too entitled to their Star Wars. First of all, you're absolutely right, and, and we've discussed it on this show almost as the campfire story effect. Right, um, and it's not a matter of are going to are there going to be that uh, people that lash out. It's just a matter of how many how many are uh, going to are going to. Yeah, and I think with the Force Awakens, there was huge lash out. I mean, there was like. Articles being made by the biggest publications on how it was karaoke, on how a remake uh, of a new hope, remake of a new hope. Here is fifty things that make no sense about the Force Awakens by Vice Magazine. I mean, it, this goes must, on and on and on and on. I must have been, you know, was a little Force Awakens came out two months before I started here, mm. so I must have been in a bubble for a while because I was like everybody liked Force Awakens, and I'll I'll, I'll never forget we were location scouting once at Universal. Mm. Sent out a tweet because we were close to Last Jedi. Sent out a tweet, Force Awakens, love it, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, I was like, hey, look at that. Oh, yeah, I like that response. Like, what the heck? Jesus, ow, wait, <laughs> leave my mother out of this. Right. Like, what, right, like what's right, going right. on here? Yeah. So, I had no idea. Yeah. So, um, and Last Jedi got a lot more. Yeah. A lot more. Ten times more. If not more than that. Solo then doesn't do well at the box office. Solo gets there was a fatigue bunch. And, you know, and, you know, Rogue like, One gets very little. It got some. Yeah. Well, Rogue One, the one thing I saw was from like jerk. Like I, I think there's like, oh, look, that's the most expensive fan film ever made. It's like, shut your mouth. But at this point, I think this is this. And that's a great little put a bow on it concept. Mm. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I think all we've been talking about this entire episode mm -hmm. is that it's all fan films. Yeah. They're all fan films. Yeah. The, the Disney stuff are fan films. This is a fan film. Because right now, until there is somebody with skin in the game mm. that is actually driving the bow of the ship, there it, it will all continue to be fan films. Yeah, and I mean, I want to qualify that a bit. I'm not pushing back, but like, yeah, no, of you course, should push back. Uh, no, of course, Disney has skin in the game. They have four billion dollars skin in the game, but. They've Disney has skin in the game. Disney, but, it but is, it's Iger a conglomerate or, of people that you don't know whose skin is in the game. Right, it's right. a corporation. The Disney skin is in the game, sure. without a doubt. Yes. And there's a fiduciary responsibility for the folks and the executives that work at Disney to have some of that skin. And sometimes they have it through stock options and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm sure Kathleen Kennedy has Disney stock up the wazoo, mm-hmm. okay? But is the skin in the game when, – when you have skin in the game, basically it means you have risk, right? Like it's just yeah. a fan- – Fancy way for saying risk. Yes, and absolutely. And ultimate skin in the game is is when you risk losing it all, mm-hmm. you know? And we haven't – and look, maybe this is the nature of the acquisition by Disney that is much bigger than Lucas, much bigger than all anything we can talk about because there can no longer be somebody with skin in the game, you know? But then I, but then I look at a guy like Kevin Feige and Kevin Feige seems to me like he does have skin in the game. And maybe I'm wrong in that, but he does have that I'm driving the ship and, and I'm controlling where it's going. I think you're talking about like a like – a, it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary skin in the game, but it's more like a creative skin in the game. Yes. Like Kevin Feige seems to just be very protective of his MCU and yeah. has been a part of it at the very early onset. He was one of the producers – co-producers of X-Men, the original film. Right. So he worked on the first Spider-Man. He worked on the, and, and the first Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, he was a part of Marvel. So he worked his way up. So I get what you're saying, and and I'll say that I I believe. But then again, Kathleen Kennedy was involved with George Lucas from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So yeah. she's been right there writing shotgun with him from the very 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 beginning. Yeah, she, look, Kathleen Kennedy is one of the greatest producers of all time. Yeah. She is. Just look at her resume, without a doubt. It's, so, but there's. There's a difference here. There, there really is. I think there are very there. Like, if I was the main producer on Star Wars, I would. And let's. I'm playing with Monopoly money right now. If I was the main producer on Star Wars, and they're like, "Go hire a producer for you to take care of all the stuff while you do everything else," and go, "Okay, Kathleen Kennedy, go." Then I would want to get into the story and all that kind of stuff. I don't think she does that. Right, I don't. Right. And I've heard things that she's just like, eh. You yeah. know, I don't get books, this, blah, 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 make the movie, make money. And that's at the higher ups. I've been in pitches at the very highest level at a studio, and I can see how not little they care about story, but yeah. it's, a, it's a business first and foremost. Sure. And one of my story points that I was very married to, they were like, can you change that into a seal? And I'm like, what? That's awful for story and they're like yeah but our tracking reports that seals are testing really highly so we want a seal movie this is a very true story i pitched a story at disney about an animated movie that was about imaginary friends Mm. and they asked me to change the imaginary friend into a seal Mm. and i went that that is a different movie i don't know what that is and they were talking about box office what was the original animal the original animal it was a woman it was a woman it was a woman imaginary friend yeah. Got it. A seal? So, like, when you're in those moments... Like a little, like, like, mannequin? Like that old school movie mannequin? No, no, it's imaginary friends. So a kid... The, the basic pitch is the, the kid had an imaginary friend growing up, and then she disappears. And then when he's adult, he comes back, and they fall in love. It's Disney. It's right. Disney, right? And it's right. like Little Mermaid meets... Right. Falling in love with a seal doesn't make as much sense. Right. And I'm like... <laughs> I had no... I'm like, the seal? Like, where? who's the seal? And it's like, well, that's the boy's friend. And I'm like, right. so no romance. So... 75% of the movie I just pitched to you is no is null and void yeah. now. And that's the that's what happened at a, at a studio level, the highest level I got to off of this one pitch. I got all the way to this top where the executive said and just deadpan, we're, we're looking for a SEAL movie. And I, it was just like, uh, okay. 
And since then, haven't seen a SEAL movie. Right. <laughs> haven't seen that SEAL movie that Disney right. allegedly look, wanted maybe, to do. Look, maybe the SEAL movies you know, would have done better than, the, uh, than all the other stuff that they've put out recently. Maybe – I know. Maybe Ryan Johnson should have directed the SEAL movie. <laughs> And we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, I mean – I don't know. But my point is is that I think there's – you know, there's something going on at Disney. Disney being of all things, they are a huge conglomerate. And uh, Mark Andreco was on the Riley Roundtable, my latest Riley Roundtable. And he was like, listen, a lot of – you know, he brought up something interesting where it was like there's this goodwill for Disney in that some – you know, most of the fans I would say like the Marvel direction – you know, Star Wars is doing boffo box office. Yeah, they yeah. have their other live action remakes and, and whatnot. Um, but Mark and Drake is like, make no mistake, Disney wants your money. They're not taking care of you. They want your money. And that I agree with. Well, I mean, Disney is one of the, you know, the biggest media company in the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, you know, they're serious. They just, they just bought another <laughs> yeah, they're serious media company media, in Fox. Yeah, they're serious business and they've been serious business for a very, very long time. It, it's a business I, and I can, I can divorce myself from yeah. that. Look, I mean, one of my dreams is to get acquired by Disney. Yeah. You know, like that's like where you build companies like this, right? You shill. I can't believe you. I mean, you know, <laughs> hopefully they'll acquire me for my honesty and my point of view and my content. You well, know? they need – yeah. And if like it, it, it's just, it's a business, I know that and I can divorce myself from that and look at the product they're doing and look at the filmmakers behind it and the actors and the writers. And, you know, there's, there's various levels to yeah. this thing. But, you know, to me, the moral of this whole story – and uh, I know we're probably starting to run even though, uh, you know, we're doing good on time, right? Yeah, we got, a, we got about five minutes. All right, cool. So for me, the moral of the story – is a, is a very important moral, which is that thus far the Disney Star Wars experiment has made a lot of money, mm-hmm. but it is undoubtedly lost its way with the tenants of the franchise and the brand. Mm. It's on shaky ground. That's my opinion. That's your opinion. That's I'm on sh- – I'm, I'm on- the different like I am satisfied with the Star Wars movies, but I do need, I do understand what you're saying. I miss my Sith. Yeah. I miss my Jedi. I miss the Sith versus the Jedi. Right. So you so henceforth you miss your Star Wars. I miss some of the Star Wars. Which is the way that I'm looking at it. Yeah. And if I'm an executive and there are people out there that are creating real noise that is that that you can calculate to have similar impressions as the noise that you're making with Solo and Last Jedi and all this other stuff, um, and it's and it's comparable in its impact, and it's something that is for the price of breakfast, mm-hmm. outdoing your three four hundred million dollar budgets in terms of even if it's with a. A, a very small minority, but if it's a sizable minority, like a million people, two million people, that you can accurately say, yes, this is a, a sincere sentiment from two million people that I bet you all paid money to go see The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, um, So they're real fans. Mm-hmm. And if they're giving you this level of feedback saying, hey, this $8,000 movie is more satisfying than your $300 million crap, then I think that Hopefully that message got through to Disney, and I say that with all due respect. Yeah, I I would. Uh, you disagree, you know, which is fine. Yeah, I do. I do disagree because yeah. um, the Star Wars that Disney is producing is hitting me square. Yeah, I love it. Um, when I say I miss my Sith and I miss my Jedi, we're getting that. 
I look to JJ and go, why? Because he said, why get rid of the Sith? I'm like, what, what was that story technique? And are we going to see this? Now, the reason I say that is because I think maybe with him coming on at nine, we might see something. And so I'll reserve the judgment to. until – I think we have to. But the, you know, again, it's like there's a little chasing your own tail type of thing going on here You know, where I think it's almost like – and I've likened this to football before here on the show. You know, Some folks know I'm a Miami Dolphins fan and the Miami Dolphins have been terrible for 20 years. Right. Like downright terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still love them. Yeah. You know, but sometimes in a sports team, you got to like re- – you got to just start over. Yeah. You know, you got to re- – what they call rebuild. Yeah. I think we are on the precipice. Even though she won the Super Bowl with The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. that, like – it was kind of similar to like um, when uh, you know Jimmy Johnson left the Cowboys and that other coach from Oklahoma, I forget his name right now, but took over the Cowboys and they won uh, another Super Bowl with that team. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you know, Garrett. No, anyway, some, yeah. some, some uh, before him, mm. long before him, but um, she won a Super Bowl with, um, you know, without a lot of. Uh, God, what's the, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? She did an incredible job with The Force Awakens. Yeah. Okay, But um, it was kind of like a like a glass house of sorts a little bit because even though the next follow-up, Rogue One, was really good too, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and people were really excited about that. Things started becoming more apparent mm-hmm. as the movies went on that there was some lack of leadership. Yes, I, I agree with that. You know, and with... This silly little fan film, and it's not silly, but I mean, relatively speaking, I, I know what you're kind of saying we're this, almost like the Disney tops are like this silly little fan film. It's yeah, not this anything like, to worry about. Right, right. It's like um, it's like that saying. Um, uh, I think it's Alexander the Great. Okay, mm. and it's the saying that goes, "I'm not afraid of a thousand lions being led uh, by a sheep." Mm-hmm. Right. I'm afraid of a thousand sheep being led by a lion, mm. you know? Oh, right. Yeah. And it's like right now it seems like we have a thousand lions, mm-hmm. right? You know, Adam Driver, J.J. Abrams, uh, like all of this talent, the, the best special effects people in the world, the best cinematographers, John Williams, lion, 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 being led potentially by a sheep. Right in Kathleen Kennedy, and that's a terrible thing to say because I don't think that she's a sheep at all. No, but, because, but she's I'm talking per- about the analogy, you know, the analogy, and I get what you're saying, and which this is, is like the Star Wars analogy. Yes, because I again I say she's a great producer, but I'm I'm seeing that as well, and I tell you, there's a lot riding on Episode Nine for me. Yeah, me too. Because I want that's why I'm the most excited just to go full circle to the beginning of the show. That's, I, that's why that's by far that's what I'm the most anticipating. And me too, and I and I really am looking at JJ. Because I do look to JJ and go, well, you put Luke on the island, you know, you and, and Kasdan had your reasons, mm. you know, so why did you put him there? Why did you eliminate the Sith? Is because maybe the Sith were dead and you don't want to call him that or do something. To, there are filmmakers that want to put their own stamp on Star Wars. Maybe that was JJ's want and need. But we have Ryan Johnson's Last Jedi. Whether you like it or not, it's here. It's canon. It's the middle part. What will Episode Nine do? You know, will we mine some of the stuff that this Vader fan film did? Some heart, some character, some references some continuation to continuation and consistency with the bloody characters as well, please. I just want to know 
what the plan is, how we're going to do it. And I'm telling you what, if – and I don't care about fan reactions and if people start petitions or call people shills or whatever the hell they're going to do after episode nine. Yeah. But if that thing – box office is another story. Box office is going to do fucking great. Yeah. It's gonna yeah of course it. it's going to be great. It's going to be huge. But – I don't think it's going to beat The Last Jedi. I don't think it will either. Well, no, let me – I don't if, think it's going to be the last Jedi. If it really delivers, it will. People will start going back, and it'll beat the last Jedi. Good I, point. Yes. I think. I think if people if, really, if it's a good, like if you and me both sit here, which is my dream, and it is was my like, dream too. Somebody was talking about, oh, the loyal opposition. You're not. Uh, first of all, I, 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 we, we're using the term appropriately, yeah, and, and I'm explaining to you exactly, exactly to you why now, because we are on, on obvious opposite sides of the fence here. I believe. That Disney With certain things has has taken you know our beloved franchise and compromised it. Okay, yeah, and I don't agree with that with the Skywalker saga, but some of the story stuff, right? I right. don't agree right. with. So, so it's you like, can don't see make... where I'm coming from. Yes, I can see where you're coming from because I don't need a solo movie. I don't need a Boba Fett movie. I want an Obi Wan movie, but I don't think they knew what the hell they were yeah. doing with their Star Wars movies. So, so and Rogue One is an anomaly. My my rule of two resolution for the new year. Okay. Or not, it's not a resolution, but my my Your hope, my hope, my a new hope, my new hope for 2019 is that come episode nine, you and I will sit here or in another studio, wink, wink, mm-hmm. uh, and um, we will look at each other and we will say we both really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Yep. I. That's that, what I that, hope. That is the best case scenario. That's what I want. That's what I want too. You know, and, and I, I want and I want that for every single fan yeah. out there. Everybody that didn't and you're like right. If that Jedi, happens, if that happens, if you and I are both here saying we both love this movie, yeah, it will do better than the, the Last, Last Jedi, Jedi, and it might even compete with the Force Awakens. Absolutely, yeah, that's exactly right, and that's a perfect place to stop. This has been episode 21 of Rule of Two. Holy shit, yeah, that was awesome. We're back. The boys are back. The boys are back in town. <laughs> this is great. Uh, what a great episode. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening and sharing all your thoughts with us as you do on social media in the comments section of the YouTube page. And this is now on Collider Video's main channel. So go ahead, drop in some thoughts of your own. Did you like the fan film? Did you like their treatment of Vader? What do you hope for episode nine? How do you like our conversations? We'll listen. We'll take it. And uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Riley Around for me, at Mark Fernandez for Mark. And uh, this is Rule of Two, episode 21. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Please like and share this. Please, if this was a good episode, give us that old five-star rating on the Jedi Council Podcast One feed. Anything else left to say, Mark Fernandez? I think just one thing. That one thing is coming in hot. Do it. Rise. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. (sighs) Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 
99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.